I'm Kevin Casey. I'm a professional mixed martial arts fighter. And right now, what I'm about to do is issue a warning out to all other competitors. I don't want overs. I just expect them to happen. Fatty's gonna fatty is real. I like wooden sides. Uh, the Analysis Podcast. We're gonna have another one coming up for you on I don't know Wednesday night, maybe Thursday. Who, who knows with all this crazy shit going on this week? But we're here on a Monday evening because we got a card coming up. Uh, as Wesley just discovered, Wednesday morning starting at. 9 a.m. Eastern time, the real time zone. It's like 7 a.m. or, or something for, for Sean, but nobody cares about mountain time. It's not even a real thing. That's the best one. <laughs> uh, anyways, Wes, Wes, how you doing in the dungeon there? I'm 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 hanging. Uh, yeah, I, I'm. I can't figure out the light on this fucking computer because I literally have. Two lights shining on me here. I got a TV screen right next to me, and I still look like I'm sitting in the dark. So, uh, yeah. It's uh, all right. People, I, yeah. People turned in for for my looks and your voice That's and right. Sean's beard. Was, was absolutely all fucking Lance's fault. Yeah, I grew out the beard and shit. I mean, I look like I yeah, got look at right. us all this week. Jeez. I mean, might as well come up there and do some... Uh, do a little moose hunting or something up in the, the great white North. I got the look going on. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, it's got a Wednesday card, uh, early in the morning. So we'll see how that, that works out. Um, yeah, I guess leading up to a, a pretty big fight this weekend, but we'll talk about that one, uh, later on in the week. I'm, I'm sure. It doesn't necessarily feel like a, a huge fight because you're not hearing about it, uh, which is weird given the the break that we had. I think the, the UFC would do a little bit more to kind of get the word out there about a McGregor fight, but I guess it's one of those things that kind of promotes itself. Anyways, Sean, you, you set us up on our beautiful new platform here. How are we doing? Uh, it's it's a pro. It's it's something. Uh, Lance, Lance's shitty laptop that supposedly is probably expensive because it's a work laptop, just can't handle the stream yard. So I go and find a different one. The different one's kind of shitty. We'll see if this lasts. Um, but yeah, other than that, the, the Oilers have, have started shitty this year and so it's a, it's a normal year. It's all right. The the lovely Canadian division of the Uh, NHL is, uh. You know, it's it's a good thing that we made that division because COVID doesn't exist uh, north of the border. Oh wait, they already had to cancel practices and all sorts of shit, didn't they? <laughs> Not the Oilers, yeah. but I think it was the the Jets or somebody. Yeah, the precaution. It's it's uh it's interesting. There's lots of cancellations going on in the the NBA. That hasn't happened yet in the NHL, but I'm sure it will be coming. Well, I guess one team has got their delay of the start of their season for a couple of weeks. So that's, that's good stuff. Good times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm, you know, the, the new format We're we're getting used to it, but I like the very first comment that ever appeared in the, uh, the chat in the new format, because, you know, that's, that's what I bring to the show. I, I don't win bets, um, but I, I win a, a handsome contest every day of the week. Um, 
Also, I, you know, respect to Derek because I, I whooped his ass in Mario Kart the other day. And uh, he, I'm not sure if he's been able to sit down since then. <laughs> um, also, uh, YO, you're always posting in here. So just want to read this out. Is that a real thing? You have to be within two blocks of the arena in Washington to actually use the Will Hill app? Like, that's... that's Legalization, weird. baby. Let's completely <laughs> fuck it up. Let's legalize it so we can restrict the shit out of it. Sad. Anyway, we got uh, 14 cards, to, or 14 fights to talk about on this card. We got a bunch of stuff to recap for last week. It's only been two days since the fights, so I don't think there's a, a ton of news that's come out. So unless you guys want to hop into anything real quick, uh, I think we just get right into the uh, UFC on ABC. See, the fighters get CTE. Will they get paid they no money? They for sure did. UFC, ABC, UFC on ABC. Um, you got it out, right. Brad. Yeah, yeah, you didn't get the, you didn't get the full thing, but you know we we'd be here for hours if you just let me uh, if you drop a beat and let me freestyle on it. That's that's why I wear this uh, this head covering, as they say. Main event, Max Holloway. You guys, you guys were close on this one. You you Fuck almost you you, <laughs> you almost <laughs> got this one. Um, just you know, Max Holloway just edged it out. Um, did somebody say he landed more strikes than like the highest significant strike total by two fighters in a fight? I, I thought I heard that somewhere. I thought he was he made of might have thrown the combined. Jesus Christ, my fucking light's going crazy. <laughs> uh, I think it was combined uh, the amount of thrown uh, thrown strikes. Or some shit like that. I don't know. It was Fair ridiculous. Either way, but... he beat the ever-loving shit out of Calvin Cater. Um, yeah, there's not much to be said. Other than that, it was a dominant performance. Honestly, you probably could have gone... You might have seen a 10-point gap on the scorecards if judges actually use 10-8s the way they should. Because uh, mm -hmm. there was probably a 10-7 in there. There was probably like four ten eights in there it, it was it was real bad Wes what did you think about Max yeah I mean uh what is there to say but you know first I I was completely wrong I mean um on you know a couple of different levels one that I don't think I overestimated um Cater i he just he wasn't he's he wasn't ready for this and I, i'm not sure any person in that weight division is ready for that max like that was a a different guy and i i know they talked a little bit about that you know before the last volkanovsky fight he's he's kind of stopped doing the sparring and shit like that and i think that's a really good um ideal especially for a guy like max that's been in so many tough fights and shit and takes enough punches that he doesn't need to take more in practice. And, and also like, you know, sparring's always kind of been used in like boxing and shit like that. Um, not just stay sharp, but to take some punches, you know, to keep the, the chin almost like they say hardened or whatever. But 
a guy at Max's skill level doesn't really need to stay like sharp technically. Like that, that guy's going to show up in a fight and be ready to go. He needs to be working on, you know, his cardio and other things like that. Just, just staying, staying sharp. He doesn't need to take all those, those uh, rounds in sparring. I think that was a really good idea for him. He looked really, really fresh. I, I it, it looked like that he's not been doing hard rounds anymore. Um, yeah, I mean, Cater needs, as far as Cater, he needs to, he needs to take a year off. Uh, I know he's, I think he's got a six month medical suspension. Take a year off, kid, like straight up. Um, yep. I, I, I still, I still really like Cater. I, I think he's still really good. Um, he just, he ran into the max that we all, we all used to know and kind of, um, uh, me personally underestimated coming in this fight a lot. Uh, my bet and pick on Cater was just as much as me thinking that Max had faded a tiny bit as much as it was on Cater. And man, I was completely fucking wrong. And that Max right there shows up and just, he's going to hit. Look, Voke is a, is a tougher matchup than Cater per se, because he's fucking boring as fuck. And he's not going to put himself in the situations that, that Cater put himself in. Um, but that, that max there is rolling Vogue. I, I don't care what anybody says. If that max show that max shows up and throws fucking 600 punches and, uh, he's not going to land what he landed, but that was his problem with Vogue though. He couldn't get going. He didn't, he didn't have output rounds like that. And I know that somewhat has a little bit to do with Vogue. Not all of it. Max didn't throw anywhere like that, the volume like that. And that's been his game. Um, yeah, I mean, incredible fight, man. Max is, uh, puts his name right back up there as one of the pound-for-pound pound best in the sport. And um, uh, Volkanovski's talking this bullshit like, oh, yeah, no, no, I don't – you're not going to tell me I'm going to fight Max. Like, guess what, dude? You know what? I'm glad Max said it. He doesn't need you, bro. He's the name, actually. What's fucked up is you might have that belt, but he's the name. Like, we, we talk about Volkanovski and make fun of him because he's fucking – He's like the cure for insomnia, dude. So whatever they do with Max, they do with Max. Um, that was an awesome performance. And, um, man, just the strike totals and significant strikes landing and shit, that, that was absolutely incredible. Uh, one, one last thing I will say is Herb Dean needs to be, like, done. That dude needs to be taken out behind a fucking shed and put out of his misery. And these these corners, too, should start having to answer tough they should have to answer tough questions after after these fights if you let your guy take that. And it's not – I get it in MMA. It's kind of bad because you're you're always like, well, if you're still in there, you got, you got a chance to win. There's a very, very, very small chance of you catching something. And you, you should when, – when you can see your guys, this literally has no chance of getting back into a fight – saving for another day man like y'all took something off that kid like it might not happen in the next couple of years but on the back end you just took a fucking couple of years off of that guy's career that i don't i don't care what anybody thinks uh th- that was bad and those corners should start having to stand up and answer some some of the tough questions they should get about that yeah i, I think they kind of saw him throwing stuff back in round four and was like oh he's still in there he's still fighting but yeah. when you throw stuff back like that and don't do anything to the guy and then continue taking a beating that's when you should know for sure that it's over and just i mean live to fight another day man because that was that was rough um sean anything to add on this one before we move on 
Yeah, a couple things. Uh, obviously, the no sparring works for Max. I don't think that works for everybody. Uh, <laughs> he also usually has 25 minutes in every fight to like work his way into the fight. That's very so. true. Um, as for yeah, that those stop that could have that should have been stopped in the third, the fourth, fifth, whenever. Um, I Cater didn't look horrible it's just max looks so good i like the things that cater was doing the leg kicks were seemed to be adding up a bit but then he then max landed i mean he was adding a ton but then the real shift was those elbows that rocked him and that's something that we haven't really seen max do before is throw something that actually rocks somebody usually it's just volume just completely volumes a guy until he can't do anything back those elbows were fucking powerful and that just i mean he was on uh cater was on autopilot for three fucking rounds um and like you said cater after that cater landed a couple clean shots and it did nothing to max at that point as a corner he's thrown what he's thrown and it's not gonna do anything that is when you throw the towel ridiculous yeah. uh max is gonna fight the winner of ortega volkanovsky regardless it's gonna be <laughs> yeah that that'll be the much more exciting fight um but i uh, i don't know uh it that's that's a tough there's been a line <laughs> released for that fight which is kind of interesting i wish it wasn't so far away and i would put money down on it Jay's COVID hasn't moved Jay's COVID chasing at the bars in florida like pre-pandemic anthony Vorte. Yep. Our boy Steve. <laughs> yeah, that one's in uh, in March somewhere, right? Oh man. Yeah, it's uh, it's the same one as Haganu versus uh, Stipe. It is um, March twenty or sorry, March twenty seventh. Oh, okay, I don't see a line on it right now. Just on uh, fight pick or best fight odds. It's uh, Volk minus one eighty five plus one fifty five Ortega at dimes. Fair enough, but uh, man, the, the thing I take out of Volk fights at this point is I know there's some people that think Volk Holloway 2 was a good fight, but man, how boring do you have to be to make a guy like Max look boring? Like that is, that's an accomplishment because that second fight was, it was 25 minutes and it was fought at a high level, but not an entertaining level. Anyways, we're going to run from the bottom of the card up real quick on this one. First up, uh, Austin Lingo takes a unanimous decision over Jacob Kilburn. Probably broke his hands multiple times in that fight because he landed everything on that dude. And somehow Munich lost. Uh, Didn't hit the in the distance there. Women's Bantamweight division. Uh, I did a load of laundry in the first round, and then I got out with Turk on a walk uh, after that, and uh, I was out watching stuff on my phone until, like, the, the end of the heavyweight fight, but that sucked. Like, extra, extra suck. Um, we'll, we'll go over it quickly. Somebody posted that uh, Morass was, like, 12 of 160 <laughs> in the strikes. When she uh, like, started throwing the grunts on the feints every time, I lost it. And then with, and then with point shock that, that she lost. <laughs> what That's the fucking, fuck? We're disowning her. I mean, she's not a Canadian anyway. She fucking bounced, which is fine. Yep. Um, 
they should be taking points for that. Like that's that's not in the spirit of the sport. <laughs> Faking throwing strikes is bullshit, and you should fucking take a point so that nobody else does that bullshit. Full full fucking force grunts on faints and shit. On faints like, like this. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, they're gonna have to take the air around the cage to the hospital after this fight. <laughs> She's beating the shit out of it, dude. That was a ten-seven uh, round. I I don't know how I didn't fade her, um, but whatever. Moving on. Walter, actually, do you guys have anything on uh, on Lingo and Kilburn? Since I just sort of skipped over that one. Lingo's Ling- fun. Yeah, I should have should have cashed the fucking Munich. That's all yeah, lingo lingo's not bad, and fuck man, yeah, I, I had the under too, and like man, I, I don't know how that kid got out of the first. Who was reffing that one? Was that Herb too? Uh, I think that was Goddard. No, because I remember watching it being like, "Fuck you, Goddard, you limey." Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, welterweight division. We had uh, Ramadan Eve taking on. David uh, stealing this from uh, from our boy Paul Shag. Smoke on Zavada. Um, that's yeah. that's that's uh, top notch. That, that's that a good one. Yeah. Um, split decision. Uh, this is probably the fight I saw the least of uh, on the entire card. So, anything you guys have to say on that one? I almost I almost got it. Uh, I, I said on the show last week that this this fight was a whole lot closer than uh, than the line was, and um, I don't know about giving Zawada two rounds here, man. I, I I even I had a little bet on on the money line. Um, I wish I would have took a little bit of the points handicap, but um, that he he didn't win two rounds. Dude. <laughs> He got one. He he, he got when Wes can admit that when he's got a bet on the fight, yep. you yep. know that, uh, that it's it was rough. bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ami is not good. Uh, no, no. We're gonna get a spot. He's in the soil, win. baby. Yep. Extra fertilizer on that one. <laughs> um, Carlos Felipe takes a split decision over Justin Taffa. Uh, I said that I hoped that this was going to be the good kind of bad heavyweight fight, and kind of was. Uh, started slow, but the last two rounds were all right here. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought the lo- go, go ahead, John. Go ahead. No, you got it. Yeah, I thought the last two rounds were you know funner than I think we thought they would be if it went <laughs> ten and fifteen minutes. Uh, yeah. You know. Um, you know, I, I did end up putting a, a small bet on Taffa as a dog, and I thought he probably won, but it it wasn't bad or anything. I mean, they they could have gave those rounds to the to you know split those last two rounds either which way. So, yep, Felipe just looks like he should be better. Like he seems like he has athleticism. He seems quick for a fucking fat dude, and then just doesn't really use that speed that he should have a big advantage of against against a lot of heavyweights. Um, but, yeah, he, he slid by on this one. It's a little scary. Uh, maybe if he gets into – I don't even know where he's training right now, but maybe if he gets into a real camp, they might be able to, uh, to teach him a thing or two because he's still young, uh, especially yeah. by heavyweight standards. He's super young. Uh, he's so. he's got to 
he's got to get in a tiny bit better shape too. Cause I don't care if you're heavyweight or not like that dude is fucking fat. He's just slop. Oh, I mean, yeah, t-shirt in the pool division, baby. He absolutely is <laughs> like that dude's got titties. I mean, yeah. it's... <laughs> Uh, um, next up, women's bantamweight division. Yeah. I was home for this. Uh, I don't remember anything that happened except the chick that had muscles won the fight. Uh, Sean? There's people on Twitter that are trying to hype up Edwards, and she's fucking horrible. So uh, I don't good. know what that, like these, I don't know what it is. I don't know what people can see, but they're clearly blind because she's terrible. She fought a terrible <laughs> fighter uh, and beat a terrible fighter. It's plain and simple. Yeah, yeah, that, that sounds about right. Wes, anything to add? Yeah, they 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 always want to be the first on a new bandwagon. But that's not even yeah. like cool to like. I know. I like know. a fucking shitty hundred <laughs> whatever fifteen twenty five pounds whatever this chick is like. Nah. There's nobody actually out there that's like. This is the chick that's gonna take down Amanda Nunes, is there? No, no. Okay, good. <laughs> no, but they're like, oh, good. Like, she could be new, a new contender. <laughs> oh man, Woo. yeah, she she has muscles. Um, most women's divisions, if you have muscles and are a half decent athlete, you're probably top ten in the division. Yeah, you that, can beat garbage that, people. That that right there describes like Goddard to a T. If there's one thing I hate more than a douchebag, it's a confident douchebag. That is <laughs> absolutely Goddard. Uh, yep. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. All right, now we're into the main card. And we said on last week's show that this was kind of the perfectly crafted main card for a network TV event. Uh, not that you would know that this card was on network TV. It looked the exact same as every other UFC card, except I think they had like a, a slightly different little banner at the bottom of the screen. Um, but the fight's delivered, that's for sure. Uh, starting it off, middleweight division, our boy Puna takes out uh, you know, the Serbian dream, goes off to, to La La Land a couple times in this one. Even got a break to fish for his mouth guard. But <laughs> again, um, yeah, this like obviously he still needs to to tighten some things up. Uh, he he was uh, swinging them things, um, but when they land, there's quite a bit of power there, and uh, I, I think this kid uh, he, he could be something as long as he keeps progressing. Sean. Yeah, he was whiffing hard uh, at the start. I, I don't know what Dusky Dusky Toads was uh, doing. I don't think he's Wonder Boy. I don't know why his hands were at his hips. Uh, <laughs> I, I honestly can't remember. Does he always fight that way with his hands? He's got like kind of that karate taekwondo thing going on. Yeah, it is a bad choice just to be like. Yeah, sure. He was missing a bunch early, but <laughs> and then he wasn't. <laughs> and then he wasn't, and look what happened. Uh, that was a. Uh, <laughs> that was a beating and uh props to to Soriano. Yeah, Wes. Yeah, um that Soriano he did what he had to do in that fight. But I I I think we all thought that, you know, old Dusky Toes was was gonna put up a, a little bit better performance than that, even though I think we were all on Soriano as a dog there. Um but man, like 
he's got to tighten some shit up. I mean, he's not going to be able to swing haymakers like that against everybody and whiff on all kind. I mean, if, even if that fight would have got to the second round and shit, I, I would have started to worry a little bit because you're not going to be able to do that for 10 minutes. I mean, uh, but like Sean said, uh, oh, oh, Toads, man, I don't, did this dude think he like you said wonder boy he almost reminded me of um uh fuck who's the who's the canadian that, that passed away uh uh oh, robot Jim-o. yeah i mean the dude almost out there <laughs> reminded me completely of jimmo with the stance and hands down and but he ain't he ain't jimmo you know um yeah uh i, I think we said you know who, whoever won this fight could could have a a pretty big year and uh, could maybe be, be sniffing the top 15, top 10, maybe with some, a couple more big wins. And uh, yeah, I, I'm, in, I'm intrigued by Siriano. He's, he's got some power obviously. And uh, he, he's still really young. So uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a good win. Nice, nice dog cash. One of my, one of my few caches on the card. Actually, it was, it was pretty rough. Yep. Um, I, I almost uh, just like you guys almost got that uh, Qatar pick. I almost got the, uh, the Puna decision, but just, just that close, that so close. close. <laughs> <laughs> All right, another middleweight. Well, guys, Ooh, man, sometimes, chance. sometimes so the plant, the, there's a little, there's a little warm snap, and the the plants bloom a little bit quicker exactly. than you think. Exactly. <laughs> and that's perfect. And I guess being out in the heat in Abu Dhabi just made that plant grow up real quick because a guy who doesn't stop anybody kicked the the viral sensation upside the head. And we knew it was going to happen. None of us thought it was going to happen in that way in this fight. Um, but what can you do? Wes Buckley goes down. Uh, yeah. I yeah. think we'll still we'll still get a chance in the future, um, just because there's that hype from that KO, and they're gonna play it every single time that he's got a fight coming up. But I, I don't think we're gonna get the plus two hundreds or anything anymore. Yeah, I I hope that they give him uh try to give him another can that they actually lined up for him this time to show out on on fucking on national TV again, but. Um, yeah, that's probably going to be the only way we're going to get something like this again. And man, I hate myself so fucking much because we all talked about it. We all knew it. Um, the, the Twitter hype, just the, all the, the casual fan hype on Buckley and we all can see it, man. He's not, he's not great, dude. Yeah. He hits like a fucking truck. No doubt about it. But it was more the guys facing here. I just didn't think this was the guy. Like De Sirico or Chirico, however the fuck you want to pronounce his fucking Italian name, the prick. Um, I just didn't see it, man. And props to him. That was a hell of a knockout. Like they showed Buckley's, they showed Buckley's knockout for fucking months. They need to show this one for a while. This was a fucking good knockout. It was like a head kick knockout. Like that was pretty good, but. Yeah, you're right. Ho- hopefully, they give him a, a another another can to to knock out and get a highlight reel, and maybe we get some dog money against him again because he's he's not great, man. I think they will. Like, what else do you do with him, Sean? What do you got here? Uh, not much. Uh, Buckley got basically knocked out by the same thing, kind of 
he did the same thing, duck into it as he did against Holland. So he's obviously got a uh, thing that he he likes to do. So maybe another shitty guy will catch him with that. But uh, the big loser in this fight is fucking Dicharico because he's an absolute moron yeah. and just yeah. blows a huge moment where he can actually like, you know, uh, promote himself, make him some money, and he call just, somebody out. Call somebody know. out. Oh, yeah. Fucking, and then he just says we should be interviewing the fucking guy that i just knocked out and conscious and so he was mean he was mean mugging dane and shit like him and his team were mean yeah, mugging dane and shit they like idiot. do you care about making money like no, you do, right? you're <laughs> setting fighters back is what you're doing by what you did there yeah. <laughs> and, I, and like we shouldn't even like it ain't even about maybe interviewing losers like you don't interview a guy after he just got his ass beat, no, knocked no. out. I mean, they, you don't they go... specifically don't do that. I mean, uh, unless it's Daniel Cormier. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I mean, there, there's, there's nothing worse and then better than Rogan talking to a half concussed guy, unless it's DC. You know why he's crying after? I thought he tapped. <laughs> hey, he did tap. When I was watching that fight, I thought he tapped too. I felt he it. Tapped. I felt it. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, another another upset. Fuck you, welterweight Sean. division. Um, you know the I wasn't concerned enough about the layoff. Uh, I should have been a lot more concerned. But Lil Jangalang, hey, China goat. China goat. China goat. China goat. <laughs> Sean, I don't. I don't think it was a layoff. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, John. Yeah, you, you... I mean, I, I. It's not like I played that huge. I. I just thought it was going to be a little bit closer fight just because it was a style thing like uh jangling doesn't do well when guys shoot takedowns or, or threaten to take down or can kind of wall install them that wasn't going to happen here and uh that's a tough guy to fight coming off that kind of a layoff uh he has power so if, if he does hit you it's it's not good for your health and, and we saw what happened yeah, for me, I don't even think it was much of, of the layoff. I think Sean's right. The the style matchup just ended up being bad. Like, mm-hmm. I I think it was you, Brad, that mentioned it that you know you know Ponzinibbio gets hit a little bit and Jangling does though kind of hard. So there was always that chance that he he caught him. Um, I, I me myself, I thought that he would catch Jangling first with something. Um, and I don't even, I mean, it wasn't like Ponzi looked rusty or anything. He was out there throwing and doing what he usually does, but yep. the guy gets hit. And I, I think now we we do got to question that chin a little bit. Like he's, he's been rocked a little bit before. And man, China Goat, man, that guy's the, he, he throws, man. That was, that was a good, that was a good uh, stylistic matchup for him. And uh, props to Sean for, for seeing it and, uh, and putting his money on it. Boy, yeah, now he's coming up on 35 years old this year. Yep. So that's a, a rough spot to be 35 years old, coming off a knockout after two plus years out. Uh, rough spot for, for Ponzi, but you know, there's uh, maybe if uh, if China opens back up, they can they can get a good China event going on because there seems to be uh, quite a few Chinese fighters that are picking up wins yeah. right now. Uh, I think we're going to talk about another one on this upcoming Wednesday card as well. Co-main event, also at the welterweight division, we've got a we not exactly how I expected this to go. Um, <laughs> no. We we talked about how 
you know, we thought these guys were going to stand and trade. Uh, but then we kind of, we circled back to the fight because we are like, well, what if Brown does decide to, to grapple? And, and we talked about how he likes to grapple from the body lock. And that's the only place where Condit can actually wrestle. And lo and behold, Condit actually wrestled a bit from body lock. Got some uh, pretty nifty takedowns. And when he gets on top of you, like we know he, he ends up on his back most of the time. But when he gets on top, that, you know, just thinking back to like a, the, the Rory fight way back in the day and, yep. you know, kind of uh, put it on Brown a little bit in this one. Uh, but Matt Brown, very unhappy with the fact that there were some 30-27s because uh, he laid on Carlos Condit for a round. Yeah, he he uh, he thinks he won the third too, which you know, yeah, I get. He thought the third was close. I would yeah. not <laughs> agree yeah. with him. I I do think he probably won the first. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he he should have won the first. Uh, yeah, I mean that. I, I was completely wrong because fucking Matt Brown tried to take down like thirty seconds into the fight. So I'm over oh. like, no, nope, there goes there goes that. It's it's done. Um. But yeah, once once this got out of the first, uh, yeah. Condon's even Condon's takedown defense was was pretty good at times. He still got taken down a, a couple times, but man, there was a lot of times where he he stuffed Matt Brown, uh, got against the cage and kind of kept it on the feet. Uh, he had a beautiful like reverse switch in that fight too. At, mm-hmm. at one point, um, like like Brad said, like it's always been Condon's pure takedown defense that's that's been the the problem. Um, on the, on the ground, I mean, he, he works pretty good, especially when he's on top. Like he, he does a lot of good stuff on top, um, and keeping position, you know, when he, when he's on, on top and, and good positions, he seems to keep it fairly well, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a, it was an interesting fight. I, I'm not, I'm not sure what, what you did. Like Condon didn't even really know what the fuck he's, he's supposed to do with his, with his career at the, at this point, uh, he, it sounds like both of them's gonna keep fighting. Uh, I, look I, for us. Let's fucking fade them. I just think like they put on um, a pretty entertaining scrap. We we all enjoyed it. Let let these guys fight each other a little more if they want to do that. Like stop stop taking these forty year old legends and letting like some chump off a contender series make their make their resume off and knock it because you know we. How much stock do you think the the people actually put into those knockouts anyway? Like, if they don't do it, you run their fucking their their height. If they do do it, most people are like, ah, they knocked out a forty year old aging motherfucker. It, it doesn't yeah. pay or it doesn't we, do anything. Yeah, just it doesn't pay dividends like these fights could. Like watching two old dudes that probably shouldn't be fighting anymore, but they're fighting each other and it, it's fun. We all we all enjoy it. We don't watch our one of our. Uh, fan favorite fighters get knocked out and hurt again let them fight each other more you know yeah, yeah. same thing with uh you know everyone criticized uh, shogun little nog three you know it's like hey it's perfect fight for these two yep. guys at this point and ended up being kind of fun um that, but that, yeah that then the sadness of exactly feeding to feeding them to no name fighters yeah no like anybody fighters. who has been watching long enough to remember when carlos condit was actually an elite knows that beating him now means almost yep so like you're you're that anyways that wraps up our ufc on abc one 
recap. And now we are hopping into, I don't know what event this is, uh, Fight Island 8 or UFC Fight Night 317. Uh, something like that. But it's headlined by Neil Magny and Michael Chiesa. Pretty good welterweight fight. There's a couple fun ones in here, but there's a lot of fighters that I've never seen before. So, uh, you know, while I've taken meetings for work, uh, I'll, I'll get to watch some fighters in the background. Should be interesting. 14 fights. Uh, I'm sure that even with all the newcomers, we'll probably find some spots in here. I don't think that's necessarily going to be in the opening fight of the evening slash morning as we have Victoria Leonardo taking on Menok Firo in the women's flyweight division. I've seen Leonardo because she was on Contender Series recently. No clue who this French chick is. Sean, get us started. I have zero for this. Uh, there's like seven debuting fighters if you don't count contender series on this card. And do you think God I'm going to look into these fights uh, that are happening at seven in the morning starting my time? You are insane. This is going to be a horrible fight. And this is what is wrong with the UFC in 2021. This fight that's happening right here. Yeah, I, I always have a, a conference call at 9 a.m. Um, and it usually runs um, anywhere from 15 minutes to half an hour. So just about perfect, considering that's when this fight's going down. Yep. Yeah, I mean, how, how do you even, like, go about, like, breaking this fight down? Like, even, even if you go and get the little bit of tape and do tape study, you know, like a nerd on this fight, Why? Would you even bet this fight? I mean, seriously, like, like, come on, man. Um, I, I'm I'm picking the dog and tout master because I've actually seen her fight and she's not French, so I'm, <laughs> I'm picking the dog and tout master. Yeah, I, I I'm leaning the same way. Um, you know, we we got to pick them all and tout master, so might as well take the dog here. I've seen her like her her contender series fight. She was supposed to fight some like up and coming super talented striker. Uh, and she just grinded it out and took her down and ended up winning on the mat. I feel like the same thing could happen here, except now instead of like a 22-year-old or 23-year-old talented striker, she's facing a 31-year-old sure. chick that's been around for a while. Um, yeah, I think we can move on. Bantamweight division, we've got uh, another one of these Nurmagomedovs. And he's taking on Sergey Morozov, who, just looking quickly at the flag, is, is he uh, a Kazakh? It's a Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. Yep. There we go. Um, yeah, I know that this Nurmagomedov fought in PFL a couple times. I've never seen him fight. By looking at his record, I can see that anytime he fights anybody half decent, he seems to go to decision. So I'm sure this is going to be incredibly exciting for the minus 500 favorite. Sean? Yeah, I, I don't know. These, these Russia Madoff hype trains are are pretty crazy. Uh, He's listed as what a minus 500 favorite at the cheapest. 
Yep. Um, the tough thing is this is this this stuff is this fight's happening in the old Abu Dhabi, and <laughs> we have seen some kind of sketchy scorecards for some. They they love those. Uh, yeah. Slash, you know, Muslim fighters. Muslim I don't know. Russians. Yep. They they so, love. Them. I don't even know if it's worth to take a swing at maybe a points handicap because uh, Nurmagomedov does go to decision a decent amount, but banking on uh, Morozov to to grab a round is a a tough ask. Uh, I'll assume that uh, the shitty cousin, I believe, of uh, Khabib is going to win this fight and it's probably going to be boring, but let's hope not. So, Wes, if he was Umar Phillips, Fedorov instead of <laughs> Nurmagomedov. No, I'm, I'm even keeping it right. Okay. <laughs> if, he was, if he was any other Russian without the last name Nurmagomedov, you know what I said. Um, what would this line be? Probably two bucks cheaper? My, two minus, minus, minus 225, something like that. Because he's still he's still a Russian, you know. So, yeah. but yeah, the this line this line's dumb. I, I don't. I, I'm I'm with Sean. I don't. I don't know if I can talk myself into into uh, betting Sergey here because he's right over there in Abu Dhabi. There there has been some kind of funny scorecards and shit. They do have a you know a, a really tight like. I, I get it. It, it is it's a little bit religion and stuff, but they do a lot of seminars with, with Russians and stuff. They bring those guys over and pay them money to come over and do seminars and stuff. So Help there's genocides, you know, all those yeah, things. You know, yeah. War, yeah. Warlords learning jujitsu together. I mean, you know, uh, warlords but, without borders. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking great. Um, yeah. If I, if I just, uh, I'm I'm gonna pick the dog again here. I'm gonna probably do this a lot on this card. I'm picking the dog and, and top master. I'm gonna try to get some points here, but if I want a little bit of action, I, I'm probably gonna uh, look and see if I can get a good plus money price on the points handicap and take a little shot here that uh, he can get around off of the the shitty Nagamanerov. Nagamanerov. Yeah, I, I think I've got uh, Umar. Um, by decision, it was like minus 125. Um, I, I think I threw that in some like silly parlay that just has a, a bunch of props and stuff like that. So no real bet on this fight, but I don't know. The, the fact that you're a minus 500 plus favorite uh, and your decision line is even money, like that's, it, it's not the type of fighter that gets me excited. Moving on to the lightweight division, we've got Mike Davis. Is he moving back up to lightweight? No, his last fight was at lightweight as well, but he's fought at featherweight previously, taking on the the latest Cage Warriors champ champ. Um, and Wales is putting out some pretty decent MMA fighters lately. I don't know if, uh, if our boy Steve can give us the lowdown in the chat here, but... Uh, Mason Jones, 10-0. Uh, I think he's got some pretty decent skills. I think this kid's going to be all right. Um, but this should be a, a pretty fun fight. Sean, what do you got for us? Yeah, it, I think this is going to be an action fight. 
Mike Davis has pretty decent stand-up. I think uh, Mason Jones does too. Mike Davis does get hit a decent amount as well. So uh, these guys don't really go to – well, Mike Davis doesn't go to decision. Uh, he's been to one decision in, in ten fights. Uh, Mason Jones been to a couple. But if I was to bet something in this, I'd probably lean maybe the doesn't go to decision. It's it's plus money, plus 105 or something like that. I think both these guys uh, – have the power to, to get each other out of there. Um, as for a pick, uh, I'll pick uh, Mike Davis. He hasn't fought in like 15 months, which is a bit concerning. Uh, Mason Jones definitely had a, a couple, at least a couple fights in, in 2020. So uh, Mike Davis might come out and be slow and be a bad starter, and, and he might get tossed out of there. So uh, I'll, I'll pick him, but hesitantly. Wes? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm kind of leaning more with with Brad here. Um, you know, the I think the layoff is something here. It's about 18 months for Davis, and uh, um, I haven't watched a lot of Mason Jones, but I have seen the kind of the highlights of his last couple fights, and he fought a couple pretty decent dudes over in Cage Warriors and got some highlight reels on them. So um, I, I do lean the under here as well. I, I do think this is kind of an action fight. And um, both of these guys have gotten finishes and, um, you know, Mike Davis, I'm, I'm not sure that uh, Jones is going to choke Mike Davis or anything like uh, Gilbert Burns did, but um, the kid does hit hard and Davis likes to throw down, man. So um, I'm going to pick the dog again here. I think it's that close. You got to take the plus money, if anything, but I'm more like the, the under or fight doesn't go. And that's probably where my money's going to be. Yeah, I'm I'm right on board with that under. I think if uh, Davis wins, then he's going to have to get a finish because uh, I think if this stays on the, the feet for a prolonged period of time, the Jones just does a little bit more. Uh, I think he mixes it up a bit better. I think Davis might have a bit more power. Uh, and then on the ground, I, I think that, that Jones has an advantage as well. So I, I lean him as a pick, uh, but I can definitely see that Davis is dangerous in this fight. So I think uh, under two and a half is like plus 125 or something in this fight. Yep. Uh, plus 135. Yep. So, Appar- apparently, the Welsh have a lot of experience taking a sheep's back. Yeah, that's, <laughs> maybe, that's important. Maybe that's where the newfound, like, decent wrestling that they've been showing here lately. It's it's the generational, the passing down of <laughs> taking backs from sheep. <laughs> could very well be but uh you know brett johns uh jack shore now this guy there's uh there's some decent guys and a couple of them can wrestle too so it's got to have yeah. something to do with those sheep man I just sheep. um all right next we got another bantamweight division contest we have jerome rivera taking on Fancy, Francy, Figueredo, uh, little brother who fights a little bit bigger than the big brother. Um, but I think that might just be uh, the fact that Davison knows how to cut weight. I think he might actually be bigger than his brother. Mm. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's Davison Figueredo's brother. He has not been particularly active in his career. Um, but... Man, this is to to me. Uh, I've seen Rivera fight a couple times. Uh, very much a grappler. 
like no striking at all. And I'm wondering how that's going to play against a guy who is also a grappler and grapples with a dude like Davison Figueredo every day. Uh, it, it seems like a tough ask for Rivera, even though the line's pretty short and we've got that, that weird layoff and activity from Figueredo. Sean? Yeah, I think that's what, why this line isn't longer. It's just Figueredo's fought twice since like April of 2018 uh last fought september 2019 and and he fought to a draw uh that's that's how you get uh uh, you get into the ufc yeah yeah so um i would assume he's he's the better fighter here and it's it's kind of a tough matchup but once again these layoffs it's kind of sketchy but he's he seems like he has a good training partner so i i would expect him to to win here but uh i don't really feel like putting money on a guy that's fought twice and three years Wes. yeah yeah i, I kind of agree with all that um I, I will say though you know the the layoffs worrying but you know with the the activity that that the other figurato has had over the past year or so you, you gotta think that he's in the gym constantly uh with his brother training um yeah I, it's probably short here and we're probably gonna look thursday and be like fuck we should have laid the the wood on the the other figurado here um i'm i'm gonna pick him here um i'm i'm more looking at another under here it's uh it's plus money as well and um i think if rivera does win this fight he's gonna have to catch figurado in a sub like brad said he's pretty much all sub but i could also see the scenario where figurado's on top just writing down blows uh, on this dude and and gets a gets a stoppage that way so um my money, I'd probably be on the under and just a small bet. Um, Figueredo's going to be the pick, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about the under here. Um, I, I think if it turns into a grappling match that these guys might cancel each other out a little bit. Uh, I, I don't think there's a lot of guys who can get uh, Rivera out of there with grappling. I know he uh, got subbed once in LFA, and Figueredo's only lost to... Um, he lost to that Sousa guy who I don't really know, but he's also fought Lineker back in the day and Luis Noguera, who was in Bellator for a long, long time and was a pretty solid fighter. Those are the only other two guys that have beat him. So it, it seems like he's been in there with pretty good competition. Uh, honestly, I didn't go out of my way to, to find anything on him. Uh, I'll see what happens on Wednesday, but I, I think that just – his training with a significantly better fighter is probably going to put him in a good situation here. And uh, I think he's probably going to get a decision. Next we have light heavyweight division question mark. 185. Is that what it says? Yeah. Depending on where you look, uh, I see both listed. Tapology has it at two Oh five. I think the UFC site has it at the like UFC stats has it as middleweight. So I'm going to go with that. I assume it's middleweight, which could play a role here because uh, the, the fifth, uh, the fifth IP uh, lung. I am um, he's just recently made his first cut down oh, to man. 185 um, like a month ago. And now he's got to do it again. And that's, it's a lot of cutting for that dude. Uh, he made it when he was supposed to fight Roberson. 
But last time we saw something like that, where a guy made weight when he didn't need to, um, <laughs> didn't work out so well for Tony Ferguson. Nope. <laughs> uh, maybe it works out a little bit better for uh, for Lung I Am taking on Marcus Perez here. Sean? Yeah, Marcus Perez better hope that it's at 185 because uh, <laughs> he, he needs everything he can to get this guy to gas out. Um, Perez has historically been a really uh, durable dude. The last time out, he got finished, and that was the, the only time he's really got uh, KO'd before. Um, this could be very sketchy early on. I think if he survives, he's going to take over. It's just... Oh, that's sketchy worrying about him. Uh, he took that knockout in, in October. Lung ambulance. Yeah, he, he has the power. It's just, can he survive? I'll, I'll pick Perez to, to weather the storm. Uh, I just don't really want to bet a guy coming off his first knockout of his career against a guy that terrifies me. Um, what's the measurement? on uh on long i am do you think the the weight cut impacts that at all yeah the 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 shaky chin knockout and and the weight cut has to almost do the pull shrinkage on on long i am you know it's it's got to affect it's got to affect the length a little bit uh yeah man sean's right here like you 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 want to you want to take Perez here, but fuck man, you're gonna be you're gonna be worried for for that first round, dude, because this dude swings and bangs. Uh, if the if the old hog is still still laying low, man, like lung bus can can throw some heat, man. Um, I, I, I'm gonna probably pick Perez here. Um, just hope he can get out of that first. And I, I do think if if he can weather that storm, uh, the fight's gonna be all in his favor after that. But man, that that's lung bus is is terrifying, man for for five minutes. So um, I, I I can't put my money really anywhere here. I, I could see this this shit going either way easily. So. Uh, pick's going to be Perez, and I'm I'm just going to lay off this one. Yeah, this one is is tricky um, because even when you when you think of Abdulcha, um, you think of this guy that just comes out there and throws haze and, and uh, <laughs> gets uh, gets a bunch of quick knockouts, but he doesn't have that many early stoppages in his career, and it's not like he was coming up in a, a solid organization like he's yeah. fighting. 500 and worse dudes in EFC uh, and couldn't put a lot of them away early. So it's going to be interesting to see maybe that was because he was like heavyweight and light heavyweights. And now down at middleweights, uh, he'll have some more effective power. But I struggle to see that early knockout. So that kind of makes me lean towards Perez uh, to survive early and maybe grind it out later or fall on a submission or something like that. So not confident at all in that one. Um, but I'm going to side with Perez. Flyweight division. We've got Sumaderji against Zaruk is on fire. Um, no, Zaruk's going to get fired. Sorry, that's what I meant to say. Uh, after he loses this fight. Sean, the... The, the little little Chinese sneaky assassin is going to come in there and 
you know, the guy that just got knocked out by Tyson Nam is now facing a longer, faster, maybe not more power, but I don't think it matters in this one. What do you got? Yeah, I don't have much here. I mean, we, we got a guy, I would assume, like, this this matchup is weird. Was this <laughs> was this scheduled all along? Like, uh, I feel like Maderji should be kind of past a, a three and two fighter who is literally only in the UFC because he was a late notice, and then they got to give him another one because they're being nice. Yeah. I'm not too sure why this is going on, but uh, Maderji should flatline this guy, uh, and then he can go away, and we can never talk about him ever again. Oh, it really disappeared, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you got muskering going on over there. Uh, yeah, uh, Sean, Sean's right. I, what what the hell really is this matchup? I, I, I don't know how they put this together. Um, it, it does seem like Madurji is going to be something they can – they can put on a, a China card in the future. Um, yeah, that this kid should could should smoke here. I, I don't. Do I want do I want to lay this price on still a young uh, fighter from China? No, I I, I just I, I can't do that. But he should really style. Here. Maybe that's what it's about. Getting this getting him a highlight real win here. Um, that's all I can figure here. But the the price is probably right. I just I don't I don't want to lay it. So yeah, pick is going to be him, but no bet for me. Yeah, I think if I'm playing anything on this, um, luckily Sean and I have a Canadian book that's pretty generous with the round props, and everywhere else has uh, Muderji round one at like plus one twenty, plus one thirty, uh, stuff like that, and it's almost plus two hundred um, at bet three sixty five. So I've got uh, a little bit on that, uh, nothing huge, but just seeing the way this guy came in against Nam and was fat. I think he missed weight for that, and that was a bantamweight fight. Uh, and now he's going to come down to to flyweight. Um, so I, I think if you were ranking fights that might be canceled on this card, this one's probably at the top of the list. Um, but I'll, I'll take a little shot. I think it's like plus one. Uh, 90 right now on 365 for that round one prop. Um, so I'll, I'll take a little shot on that, but nothing huge. The the price is just really big for a guy who still can't grapple at all. Not going to matter in this one, though. All right, moving on to the bantamweight division. We have Ricky Simon. Uh, I like that they've, they've got the little accent over the O in his name, even on Tapology. Uh, taking on Gaetano Pirello. And I feel like there's probably some jokes to be made, but I didn't have time to think of something. So, Sean, give me what you got on Ricky Simone taking on this nobody. Uh, I don't have much there. Our, our favorite uh, tout, our Patreon, uh, went 0-7 today. <laughs> yes, he did. Yeah, he, he, uh, he, definitely, he definitely swept. He is... Uh... He is what one and one in fourteen over the past two days. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I had as... a a twenty five dollar parlay that turned into six ninety something because I just parlayed all of his picks together. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, Love it. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, as for this fight, I mean, I, I was 
kind of excited for what this was originally supposed to be, but of course, this is what we should be used to now in 2021. Um, Ricky Simone should should crush this guy. He doesn't seem to be very good. He's just a uh, guy with a pumped up record who's crushed a bunch of cans on the the European circuit, and now he's going to fight a real fighter and get smashed. Um, it's minus 400, minus 450 for a reason. Uh, these guys can sometimes shock the world, but I, I'm not even going to worry about that. If it happens, then good for that guy, but I'm not <laughs> losing money on it. I mean, like, like three back, he lost to the Netherlands version of Jersey Boy, it looks like. So, <laughs> yeah. Like the the Danish the Danish Jersey boy, uh, yeah. I, I I saw some um, some highlights. Our our boy uh, Honky on Twitter posted of this guy, and it's he's literally fighting in ballrooms in front of two hundred people with his fights being recorded on cell phones and shit, man. Like th- this dude is fighting the nobodies of nobodies, man. Uh, if if Simone can't style on this guy, then I, I don't I don't know what we're doing here. Um, yeah, I, I don't know about laying that kind of price on Simone. I mean, I guess if if you want some kind of uh, um, a little bit more juice taken off of another parlay, you like uh, I I think this is probably about your safest option. Maybe wait for the points handicap to come out and see what that is because um, I, I just don't see any other way how Simone doesn't roll here. Yeah, this is one of those fights where, like, if you wanted to bet it, um, you would have had to do it, like, last week. Uh, I think it opened up and hung around minus 300 for a while, but it's MMA, so if you did that, you'd be able to get 100 bucks on it. So, it doesn't really do anything for you. Uh, I guess you can parlay Ricky Simone here. I, I think that he is going to roll... And it's always hard with this guy because he really doesn't get finishes as much as we'll always love him for uh, the the finish of the the Georgian snooze machine right at the the buzzer in, in that fight. Um, he doesn't really finish anybody else. So that's, that's top five. It's gotta, it's, the, the Georgian snooze machine has got to be like top five. It's a good one. It's a good one. I like it. Um, yeah. So. I could very well see him just getting takedown after takedown after takedown, controlling position and winning decision. But man, he should be able to finish this guy. Um, so I, I kind of hope that's what happens in this one. All right, now, God damn, we're still on prelims. Holy yep. shit. <laughs> this is like a 17 fight car too on a Wednesday. This is gonna start going. at 9 a.m. on Wednesday and end at like 3 p.m. on Friday. Um, middleweight division. This is an all right-ish fight. Uh, definitely the best that we've talked about thus far. Omarion, my namesake this week, uh, is going to bump, bump, bump his way into the cage to take on <laughs> Tom Easy Breezy. Sean? Um, yeah, Tom, Tom Breeze is a tough, that, tough guy to get a read on. Uh, he was just out for so long. Then he gets smashed by Brendan Allen, who I think at the time we thought he was pretty good. He might still be good, but he's he, has good. Some, some, he has some holes, though. Uh, and then he comes out and starches a Canadian. So 
is that good? I don't know. I mean, you, you did what you're supposed to. Yeah, it's not good, <laughs> but you did what you're supposed to. I mean, it only took a minute and 45 seconds or whatever the hell it was. Um, and then Omarion, he, he lost to Chris Weidman. He didn't look good against the absolute washed Weidman, but he was able to take a round, I'm pretty sure, in that fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I just have lots of questions. I've never really had good reads on either of these guys. I'll take Breeze to, to stuff any takedowns, kind of keep it off the fence where where Omarion's just going to grind on him. Omarion's not a great striker, so I, I think Breeze can, if he keeps it on his feet, he can kind of out-volume him and just hit him more. So I'll, I'll pick Breeze to, to win his decision. Wes? Yeah, I think Breeze can can keep this up, just kind of move. Uh, I, I don't think Omarion's even... Even if he gets a hold of him a couple times against the cage or some breezes, he's not just kind of tall guy type defense, but he uses it to to keep a fight up. I think he can get a Marion off of him um, if it stays up like that, which it probably should. Bree should should get a decision here. That that fight against Chris Weidman, like, come on, man, like you, you can't. There's no way you could be taking this guy after after watching that fight against. You know, with all of Breeze's faults, he's he's still 29 years old. He's fought in some d- pretty decent competition over the past few years. Uh, and Omarion did fucking lose to Chris Weidman. Like, come on, man. I, I like Breeze here. Um, I, I might end up uh, maybe putting him with, like, Simone or something like that or Simone's points handicap uh, for a little bit of action. Uh, but, but, yeah, it's – I wouldn't want to lay any more than 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 what he is right now. I would hope that it had come down a little bit, but I don't see that happening. Uh, but I like Breezer. I think Omarion might be the only fighter that I've ever hit back to back four digit props against. Damn, um, damn! I, I hit the the round three against Marais, and I hit the round three against uh, Elias Dushku, and. I even bet Chris Weidman round three against this guy and he was on top and he had an arm triangle, but he was so gassed. He couldn't couldn't finish, couldn't finish anything uh, at that point. Um, So I'm going to take Tom Breeze round three here again, and it's plus 1100. uh, And that's not bad. This guy, you know, people said that his cardio problems wouldn't be as bad up at 185. His cardio is, bad at no matter <laughs> where he fights uh this guy has about seven or eight minutes in him and he doesn't get people out of there so unless he can really dominate those first two rounds and get an early takedown in round two and just sort of hold breeze down which he can probably do it in round one um i don't think he can do it in round two and then in round three he is going to get pieced up on the feet uh, Breeze is actually a pretty good striker. He's good enough on the ground that I think he can either get back to his feet or um, just prevent it getting to the ground or, or prevent um, having some damage done to him while he's down there. So I, I like Breeze here. I, our, I think he takes over late. Our boy Steve's right that Breeze has a has a good jab and he uses it well too. That's going to yeah. help him in this fight. Yep. Yeah, I, I think the difference here is one guy – went up to 185 because he thought it would fix like his cardio problems and and stuff like that. 
And one guy went up to 185 because he was just absolutely fucking massive mm-hmm. at 170 and he was killing himself to make it there. Uh, and I think that's going to show up in this fight when uh, Omarion can't just sort of manhandle him and get him to the ground and, and stall it out because that's really all he does when he gets guys down there. So I'm taking Breeze. I'm taking Breeze around three and uh, let's uh, let's keep hitting these uh, these big props against Zach Madoff. That'll be fun. What's round three, Brad? Uh, plus 1,100. Oh, there you go. Yeah. It's, no, um, no quad, but we'll, we'll take the 700. No, 11. 11. Oh, 1100. I thought it was yeah. 700. I'm, I'm, uh, let's go. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing a couple bucks on that myself. There we yeah. go. All right. Moving up to the main card now. Decent, couple decent fights on the main card. Uh, starting it off with a good one. In the featherweight division, we have Leron E. Lebron, whatever. How do you pronounce it? Uh, Murphy. Leron A. Leron A. <laughs> No, if he was French, it would be Lee Ronay. I know Lee it Ronay. is. It's the straight English version, and they can't even get it right. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, and he is taken on Douglas De Silva de Andrade. Um, he's probably got a couple other does in there as well. This guy, uh, I guess he's, uh, again, he fought for a long time at Bantamweight. Moved up to featherweight, but I, I think it's been a while since we've seen Andrade's last fight was against Hannon Barrow, and I forget when that was, but I don't think it was particularly recent. Over over a year ago. 2019. Yep. A lot of guys coming off more than a year layoffs in this card, uh, in addition to all the newcomers. Just makes it kind of weird and uh, shaky to bet. But Lerone Murphy, big favorite in this one. Uh, I think he's creeping up over minus 300 now. Sean, what do you got here? I think this should be a fairly one-sided fight. Uh, DeAndre is another guy that just, one of these Brazilians that just never fights. Uh, Like you said, last fought November 2019. Uh, He had two fights in 2018, one in 17, one in 16, one in 15, one in 14. Like, this dude just never fights, and he's just growing older and older. Uh, I don't know if you look at uh, a hand, uh, price uh, points handicap with uh, Lerone Murphy if you're looking to get a little bit cheaper, um, just because he is pretty juiced up. But I think this is going to be fairly one-sided. I don't know if he gets a finish. Um, DeAndre is, is pretty durable. Uh, it took a pretty hellacious beating from Peter Yon for through two rounds to get him out of there. So. Uh, this is at 45, where I think Leron Murphy is a, a real 45er, and DeAndrage is is just. Uh, and I don't want to cut waiter. Uh, yeah, exactly. 30, yeah, 35 year old dude that doesn't want to cut waiter. Yeah, he, he fought Barrow at 45, who was another guy that's not a 45er but didn't <laughs> want to cut weight anymore. Uh, so yeah, I think this is gonna be one sided. Uh, when that handicap comes out, I might take a peek at that, but it uh, should be a, a pretty one sided fight. Wes. Yeah, yeah, I agree with a lot of what Sean said. And, uh, I, I like uh, Murphy, man. I, I think this this guy's pretty good. And um, still uh, like 20, 26 or 28 or something like that. He's still still fairly young. Um, yeah, I mean, Sean's completely right about Andrade at 145. I mean, he's like 35 years old now. He's a – he's always been a bricked up dude that had problems making, making that weight too. Um, 
he is tough though. Like he he's a really tough dude. He can still take a beating. Um, I, I almost want to look at Murphy by decision here, which I think was around plus two twenty or something the last time 70, I looked. Yeah, I mean that. I, I think Andrade is probably tough enough to to stay in this. Um, I, I do like Murphy here, and I, I you know if if you want um, another kind of safe parlay piece, I think wait for the points handicap to come out because um, he he should roll in this fight. But yeah, that that decision prop, I think Andrade probably tough enough to stay in this, and uh, Murphy by decision. It man, if it's plus two seventy, I'm definitely going to take a little bit of that for sure. Yeah, I, I like Murphy here as well. Um, I think the line might be like a tad long just based on the fact that Andrade has been in there with some pretty good guys and up until the point he's gassed in those fights, he's usually been in them. Um, but I could very well see that exact same thing happening in this fight where he's in this fight early, um, you know, he usually partly gasses because he pursues takedowns or throws bombs early on because he knows that's his best shot. Um, but I think a, a guy like Murphy is going to take over once he gasses and it, it's going to be trouble for Andrade in round two and round three. So uh, I could see the, the decision uh, coming through, like Wes said, um, but I'm probably not going to play it. Uh, I might just end up throwing Murphy in a, in a parlay or something like that. Uh, just just for a little bit of action on this one. Um, but I, I think he is the clear pick to take it home. And uh, I think he was one of my, uh, either a, a pick or fighter of the year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he better do good. Actually, you know what? Screw it. He's going to get a finish in round, tr- round two, like every other good fighter that faces uh, Andrash. There you go. All right. Uh, flyweight division. We've got the aforementioned Tyson Nam. Talked about him a little bit uh, when we were talking about Zarouk taking on Danger Schnell. It's, it's not a great nickname, um, but this should be a good fight. Uh, you have a knockout artist in Nam taking on a submission artist in Schnell. Something's going to happen here. Sean, what is it? I am not sure i think something is going to happen (laughs) something fun and it might happen very early uh since matt schnell has been in the ufc he's been knocked out three times in the very first round Uh, as we know tyson nam has some big power um we were kind of looking to fade him but it just kind of never really worked out as his opponents kind of dropped out and stuff like that uh matt schnell is a, a very very dangerous submission guy early i know tyson nam has never been sub but um, I don't think he's fought that great of grapplers um, at, at the at the upper end. Um, so I think early this is going to be a crazy fight. Uh, I think somebody gets finished. Uh, I think it might be Tyson Nam knocking out a guy. Maybe he has this late career resurgence at, at 37. Uh, I don't know what kind of uh, steroids he's taken to... to <laughs> extend his career because he's uh, laying training baby that's right um so i i sprinkled on uh i took uh under two and a half at minus 120 for a unit i think somebody's getting finished here um, but yeah i'll i'll pick tyson nam but i hope i'm wrong Ooh, wes 
Yeah, I've I've been going back and forth on on this fight, and uh, at at this moment, I'm on Snail getting some kind of crazy sub. Um, it, it could absolutely be Nam knocking out Snail. Uh, Sean's right about you know pretty much uh, everything he said. Snail's been KO. Uh, he got KO last time out, I believe. Um, man, Nam still he's 37. It, it's it's kind of crazy. Um, I think there, there's a chance though that you know Nam could could catch him with something early, and you know Snell kind of goes down, and Nam gets in gets into his guard or something, and goes for the finish and and plays around and gets caught with some like Snell can just grab sub so quick. His his last couple wins were like that. Uh, he actually were in kind of bad spots and just pulled out just crazy subs. I, I could absolutely see that happening here. Uh, it's kind of the way I'm leaning, but um, I, I think Sean's right. The under is the way to go here. Uh, Nam's either gonna gonna finish him when he when he catches him, or he's gonna go down and try to finish him on the mat and get caught with something crazy by by Snell. Uh, so yeah, just just to have both of those sides covered, I, I think the the under is the way to go here. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Snell. That's the the way I'm leaning right now. Him by submission. Yeah, I, I think the first time I saw this fight booked, I was leaning towards Schnell. Um, second time I saw it booked, I was leaning towards Schnell. And now this is the third time it's been booked. Um, yep. And in the meantime, Tyson Nam's gone out there and knocked out yeah. <laughs> a bunch of guys. So I, I think I, I'm waffling on it a little bit more this time. But I'm right in line with what the other guys think. Um Either Nam's going to finish him early, which is a very real possibility given Schnell's chin, uh, especially at 125. His chin seems to be a little shakier there. Or if he doesn't, uh, Schnell is, is going to find a sub at some point, uh, get it to the ground, and and uh, I think he makes quick work of Nam down there. Uh, as the guy said, he hasn't been subbed in his career yet. He also hasn't faced a lot of great grapplers I think Chanel is definitely the most dangerous submission guy that he's faced. So I think there's a stoppage here either way. I think it probably happens early on. Um, so I, I know that it's, uh, the guy that under two and a half, I am as well. Um, I, I don't know what the under is right now. That might be worth a look. Um, but I'll, I'll probably just play it safe and, and stick with that under two and a half and uh, roll on to, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Getting, getting about 55 cents. Yeah, not worth it. Oh, that's that's not worth it at all. Uh, yeah, I can get plus 150 now that I'm looking at it, but even still, I'll, I'll take the, the minus 125 on the under two and a half. I think that's a much better play because we are very likely to see a submission in the, or a finish in this one. And then I kind of hope that Nam gets Sumaderji after this. And Schnell gets um, Jimmy Flick. Those are, the, the, yeah. Make those. Yeah, both those sound fun. Uh, you know what doesn't sound fun? <laughs> the next fight. Although, <laughs> winning money. There's, on it there's might one be fun. way. Yeah, there's <laughs> one way it could be good. There, there's one way that this could be fun. Um, Roxanne taking on Vivian Harujao. Um, Sean, I'm, I'm sure I've seen her fight. I don't recall it. I don't care. 
She's fought four times. That's crazy. Um, She's fought four four times this year. No, uh, I'm, t- I'm talking about Arujo <laughs> in the UFC. <laughs> four times in the UFC. Oh. People that are actually known fighters, but uh, Montfari has been uh, a pretty nice money train. Yeah, she yes, this guy. So. Yes. Uh, Montfari has been a money train for me. She's always a huge dog. Um, I understand that she could lose here. Um, it's probably a, a decent style matchup for Arujo. Uh She has very good takedown defense, but she also likes to go for takedowns, and I, I think Roxanne can can force grappling in this fight, um, whether she's pulling guard or, or just going against the fence, then Arujo goes for a takedown, and, and then it's it's on. That's that's Roxy's uh, world down there. Um She's she's always criminally underrated. I know her stand-up is absolutely horrible, so this could be a very, very terrible 15-minute kickboxing fight where she looks absolutely atrocious. But at this point, with the money that she's made me, I, I got to continue betting her, even if it's going to be small. So I took Roxanne at plus 300 for half a unit, and I sprinkled her for by decision for a quarter unit. Uh, let's let's force some some grappling exchanges and and shit gets shit gets weird and shit gets tight and let's get a decision. Yeah, Roxanne Modafferi is not Sarah Morass. Um, she knows that she can only grapple, um, yep. so she she doesn't sit there and strike Wes. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I hate to do it again, but you know, I gotta gotta agree with Sean here. Um, look, I. Roxy's not great, man. Like great, great story and all, but what she's actually produced out of her skills, like you could probably put that up against a lot of fighters in this game. Like for, for the wins that she has and shit, as long as she's been around for not the greatest skills. Uh, but yeah, in, in this fight, she just, she has to get some, some clinch exchanges here. She has to get this to the mat and, um, she's actually kind of in, improved her takedowns a little bit here. Like she's got some trips and stuff like that to, to get girls that come rushing in on her and stuff. Um, you know, she has just problems when, when she can be held against the fence by uh, chicks that know how to keep it staying and stuff like that. I, I don't know if, if this one does um, man at that number, just, we we've seen this, this scenario multiple times over the past few years with, with Roxy big dog in a fight against somebody that probably should beat her, but it's a lot closer than, than what the line indicates. Yeah. I mean, you got to take a little shot here. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to sprinkle and I, I do like the decision. I think that's around plus four fifty at in some places. Um, you, you gotta, you gotta sprinkle on that here. If you're, if you're playing anything, I think that's, that's the way to go is, is her by decision plus four fifty. Yeah. I'm, I'm rolling with, uh, with the boys here. Uh, I've got half a unit on Roxy by decision plus 450. Uh, I don't really need to to break it down more than they did. It, it's very possible that she loses a shitty 15 minute kickboxing match, yeah. but if she can make it into a, a grappling match, then she's got a, a very good chance of winning. So uh, hopefully that happens. I'm not going crazy on it, but uh, big number for somebody who repeatedly caches for us the people's main event holy fuck the light heavyweight division i mean 
I don't know how this is so low on the card. Um, you know, it, it's third from the top. This should be, this should have like a card of its own. We got, we got Ike Villanueva, the uh, 16 and 11 monster taking on Vinicius Mojea, who has he ever made it out of the first round in the UFC? Uh, no. On his contender series fight, he, he made it to the second. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't count. That's not uh, the UFC. That's, yeah. And not in the good way, folks. No. Uh, three first round losses. I mean, getting subbed by the Bear Jew, that's, that's forgivable. But getting slept by Eric Anders in 2019, not great. Menafield, I guess. That, that guy. That can happen. That, that, that happens. Um, but yeah, this chinny guy who can grapple against guy who has some power and can't grapple. I mean, hopefully it's fun. Um, is there such a thing as like a, the, a 205 version of fatties? Cause <laughs> this is about as close as it gets, Sean. This is horrific. These guys are a combined O and five in the UFC and they are third from the top. Um, Nailed it. These, these guys are absolute garbage. Both of them fucking terrible. Guys, when you're losing to the Beverly Hills Ninja and Chase Sherman, getting finished by those guys, that's I mean, fucking the, bad. The Ninja one was a cut, wasn't it? Yeah, and he was doing okay in it, but that's yeah. still getting sli- sliced open by that guy is fucking <laughs> bad. Um. This is going to be a horrible fight. I hope it ends fast because if it doesn't, it's going to get sad and, and Brad will be just hammering one out to it. So that, that might be, that'll be the only, the only that'll, that'll be awkward during my uh, Zoom meeting. <laughs> yep, those poor fucking people on Zoom because Brad can't contain himself. Um, I'll, I'll pick Villanueva to knock this shitting guy out, but are, would we be surprised if he? Gets taken down and subbed. No, this is trash. <laughs> this is fucking trash. Wes, is this trash? Is it fucking trash? Yeah, I, I don't. Shouldn't like these like these two fights here be like reversed with Murphy and and Nam and like yep. these should be like the other yeah. way. Uh, yeah, I mean this this is like the only one of the only guys I could think you could maybe make Villanueva a uh, a favorite to like. The guy's like 36 and bad. I mean, the dude's been fighting for like 15 years. Uh, I was looking back earlier. I mean, he was getting subbed by Drysdale and shit like a decade ago. I mean, yep. this is this is not good, man. Um, man, I, I don't know. If you're going to bet anything, I think this probably gets finished pretty quick. So uh, maybe the under. I think it's like a one and a half under, though. So that's even kind of of sketchy because it, it is one of those is like, it's really, really quick or shit gets ugly. And then they start just arm punching and shit for the next 10 minutes. Um, I think even those might knock out uh, Morera. Yeah, that that's very true. Um, man, I'm going to, I guess, pick Venalueva and, and Toutmaster. Um, I'm not taking a side here, but, Probably a small sprinkle on the under because I think this shit gets finished in the first round. Yeah, this is uh, 
<laughs> like looking at uh, Villanueva's record is, is kind of a trip because um, <laughs> you've got events in like shark fight events uh, who actually used to put on some pretty decent events back in the day. I remember they had like Paul Daly and Masvidal on one of their cards that was uh, a pretty sweet fight. But he's been fighting all of the guys that if you've been watching Legacy since it started, since before it was LFA, back when it was LFC, um, a lot of names that you'll recognize and losing to all of them. Uh, and now just through that, uh, that ability to fail upwards, he's in the UFC now because um, 2021, everybody wants to fight, baby. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he can, he can punch a bit and the other guy can't take a punch and the other guy can grapple and Villanueva cannot grapple. I think of his 11 losses, half of them are by sub. Um, so yeah, somebody's getting stopped here. This is like the shittiest possible version of Nam and Schnell. Um, <laughs> the shittiest. Um, and I'm just going to play the under one and a half and go completely against what I would normally do in a situation like this uh, and hope that it's over quick because even this one will be too sad for me if it goes past seven and a half minutes. <laughs> All right. Co-main events. Guys, uh, we haven't had a lot of bets thus far that, uh, you know, we had the, the Roxy thing that we agreed on and a, a couple unders here and there, but nothing that we really feel strongly about. So is there anything, anything in the co-main event between Warley Alves and Munir Laissez-Faire that we can agree on. Sean? I think so. Uh, this is a weird line to me. Uh, I know Lazez is going to have, like, the judges kind of in his pocket. He does train out of, out of Dubai. But these guys are, in my opinion, these are two completely different levels. Lazez is very unproven. I, I know he looked okay against Al Hassan, but that's that's not really saying much. Orly has been around. He's fought some tough, tough guys. And he's he's still only 30 years old. Like uh, people are just writing off Orly. Mm-hmm. Um he he's got good takedown defense. I think he can keep this fight standing if he wants it there. I think he can take down Lazez if he wants to. Uh, I think he's a, he's a pretty damn good striker. So quite surprised by this. Uh, I know Worley hasn't fought in, you know, 15 months or so. So that is a little bit worrisome. Um, but I, I got to take a shot. If, if Lazez wins and wins impressively, then I guess he proved me wrong. Uh, I, I got to take that shot. So I took Worley for two units at plus 190. Um, this is this is a big step up in my opinion for for Lozez and that's a big number for a guy that's fought some elite elite welterweights. Wes? Yeah, I mean, I guess the the Alisson win is is decent, you know. Uh, still, kind of shitty decision against that, and it, this is just some hype, man. I, I'm th- this is the Twitter hype, dude. 
mm-hmm. on this card. The, all the casuals love this guy. Um, I mean, before that Alassane fight, like, man, what really has this guy fought? And a, a lot of this, too, is like, Sean, this, this is a line, man. Like, people are just completely writing off Warley. And uh, I know he's got a couple losses over the past few years and stuff, but they're the fairly decent guys. I mean, I know the, you know, Randy Brown's not great, but you got to look at it in context of when they fought too. Randy Brown was like having a fairly decent run at that time and stuff. I think caught Warley at a, at a good time. Um, man, I, I don't know. Like Sean said, maybe I'm just completely wrong here. Um, I, I think more the, um, uh, the key to this fight is like Sean said also is Warley's like wrestling and ground game. Like if he wants to, he could dirty this up and get this kind of against the cage into the mat. And we've seen Warley work some guys over on the cage, man. Um, that this dude is like fucking stick thin, tall dude. Like hopefully Warley works the body a little bit and shit here, gets this to the cage, gets it dirty and ugly. And, I think he can win this fight, man. Plus 200 is nuts. Like, it's it's straight up nuts. I figured this would be, uh, I guess, more close of a pick em. I mean, I would almost favor Warley in this spot myself, personally. I've always kind of been a Warley mark, so take that for what it is. But, man, it's crazy that the dude's only 30 and has already fought the level of competition and the guys that he's fought in the UFC. So, plus 200. Yeah, sign, sign me up for a little bit of that. Yeah, like, you know the concern with Barley is if it gets into late in round two, round three, um, the cardio isn't great. Uh, definitely a question mark there. But, like, we just saw Lazez uh, against a guy who had the exact same problem. And honestly, he did not look great in round three himself. Uh, he got taken down and controlled by Al Hassan in that round. Um, I, I think the the output was basically even in that round. So it's not like he's coming out here and blowing dudes out of the water late in fights. Um, so you couple that with the fact that he's never really fought anybody. Uh, that was also an Al Hassan who was coming off like two years layoff, missed weight for that fight, looked like absolute, like a guy who had previously been carved out of stone, uh, looked like he was carved out of marshmallow for that one. Uh, um, So I I just don't put a lot into that performance. Um, And then prior to that, you know, he's beaten 500 guys and guys with less than five fights in their career and, there's just not a lot that impresses me about a dude who I think I remember seeing on the the broadcast when he fought last time that he's like in his 30s as well. It's not like this is some young dude who's just coming out here and, and on the come up. Uh, I think what you're getting out of this guy is as good as you're going to see. And three. there you go. He's uh, three years older. Than yeah, three years older than Morley. <laughs> Uh, and, and I think the, the key is here is that, you know, Warley can win the standing um, in, in round one. Uh, but I think for him to win the fight, 
it's probably he goes to his grappling and I think he can out grapple this guy. Maybe not with ease, but I, I think that's the, the path of least resistance. So he's smart. He likes to, to grapple when he gets into these fights. And uh, I, I think he gets some takedowns. I, I think he wins a few rounds or maybe gets uh, gets Lizes out of there. So I like Warley as well. Uh, I got plus 195. I think Bet Online had that. It's up to plus 200 now. There's higher than that in some places. So we, uh, we're all kind of liking Warley in this one. Uh, I would have liked him at minus 160 against Christian Aguilera too. If that fight happens, Jesus. Uh, I I just don't understand the complete disrespect for Warley. So he is going to be our consensus bet of the evening. Warley Alves, uh, we'll say plus two hundred because uh, yep. bet online's uh, a bit more accessible than sport bet, and dimes has two hundred as well. All right, that brings us to the main event of the mm-hmm. evening, welterweight division. We've got Michael Chiesa. Taking on Neo, the mangy mutt Magni, who's not a mangy mutt in this one. Little, little bit of a favorite. Magni Madoff. <laughs> Magni Madoff. <laughs> yeah, it's an, it's an interesting main event. Um, I'm I'm a bit conflicted here because I I think Kiesa has really taken to this 170 division. He's actually bulked up and he. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he knows what he has to do at, at this weight class. I just, I have a hard time seeing him do this for five rounds. So if he takes down Neil Magny and chokes him out in the first two rounds or something like that, fair enough. Uh, that's, that's his strength. I, I think he is going to get Neil Magny down. Whether he can keep him down for that long and, and get a sub, I'm a little more hesitant to, to think he can. And on the feet, I think Neil Magny has a pretty big advantage. Um, Chiesa almost seems lost on the feet when, from what I've seen recently um, against guys that are decent. Um, I, I just think Magny has, has a better case of winning if he can survive, and, and that is an if because I do think he's going to get taken down in the first and in the second. I think he has a much better gas tank. He is a way better stand-up. Um, He's going to be there. He's going to be there in the third, the fourth, the fifth, and, and pumping that jab. Um, I, I just, uh, I will be curious to see if Kiesa can, can get him down and sub him, or if he doesn't, can, can he show actual cardio? Because I don't think he looked that great in the third against RDA. He, he seemed pretty fucking tired. So um, we're going to see. I, I took a small shot on Magni at minus 133 for one unit. Uh, if Kiesa proves me wrong and, and strangles him and, and does what some elite grapplers have done, but not um, okay grapplers, then then I'm wrong. But uh, I'll take the guy that has the better cardio, the better stand-up, and uh, has proven a bit more at, in the 170 division. Wes, I know that Sean said that uh, Kiesa didn't look great in round three against RDA. Um, how did Magni look in round three against RDA? MMA math doesn't work, Brad. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think it was. I don't that was think a long it was time ago, Brad. I, and I, it I'm was not, a different RDA. 
I, and I'm not I'm not sure that Magny's bringing some RDA level skill to Kiesa in the third round either. You know, like that's a different man that he's going to be dealing with in a third round. Um, yeah, I, I'm 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 leaning Kiesa here. Uh, Sean was right on like Kiesa made one of the, you know, uh, career choices that paid off. Like a lot of guys have, have done it recently. It's. You know, we've talked about it before. It used to be guys used to drop down, try to cut more weight to find a, a different weight class to go to. Now you see these dudes that are, you know, naturally bigger and stuff that were trying to kill themselves to cut down. They thought it gave them an advantage that actually if they would have just, you know, moved up the entire time, bulked up and, uh, you know, put the muscle on their frame, that that was probably the better career choice. And Kiesa is one of those cases here. Um you know, Magny's always had a lot of success against guys that he he was naturally bigger than too. That he could kind of get against the cage. He could kind of use his length and pump his jab and stuff. Kiesa's a a big dude. I mean, he's six one. I know Magny's going to be a, a little bit taller, a little bit longer, but it's not some uh, huge gap that like Magny usually has on a lot of guys. Um, Kiesa's getting Magny down. Like it's, it's going to happen. And, you know, Sean, you said his, his grappling is an elite. I, I wouldn't say it is all around, but there are certain spots to where Kiesa's got elite spots on the mat. And if he gets them to one of those spots, it's going to be fucking bad for Magni. So, um, you know, and even if he doesn't sub him, yeah, may, it, his cardio is a little bit of a question and going five, but you know, even if he doesn't get him out of there, I, I'll take the the two rounds that he probably banks in the first and second because I think he, it's going to get to the mat and there's going to be some scrambles and stuff that Kies is going to win those spots. And um, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have a couple-round lead going into the third, and I'll just need one of those uh, next three if it does play out like that. I'm, I'm kind of leaning. I think Kiesa gets a sub here. I, I, I just – have a hard time seeing this fight not getting to the mat a few times in the first couple rounds. And like I said, there's some spots like he, he gets Magni's back. It's over. Like it is fucking over. He's getting Magni out of there. I kind of, I'm leaning to that's, that's what's going to happen. Probably second round, maybe even third. Um, so, you know, plus money here. Um, yeah. I'm going to take some of that. Might even sprinkle on, um, on Kiesa by sub. Cause I think that's, probably how he gets it done yeah i i like kiesa in this fight as well um i I get the the whole idea of you know magni has great cardio if this gets into three four five he's probably gonna win those rounds but wasn't that supposed to be the case against kelvin gastelum too and wasn't that supposed to be the case against ponzinibbio too uh and then in the Gastelum fight, he lost the, the championship rounds to that little tub. Uh, and then uh, against Ponzi, he got knocked out in the in the fourth. So uh, we didn't really see the, the cardio there. But it's not like he's just going to come out and win those last couple of rounds automatically. Uh, especially because... Well, he's longer and he likes to stay busy with his jab. He doesn't really offer a lot of uh, punches that really gain him respect. 
um, that are going to stop Kiesa from closing the distance and, and getting into that body lock. And honestly, I, I don't think rounds three, four, five are going to matter here because I think Kiesa gets inside. I think he works in the body lock around to the back. And this that dude can sub anybody once he gets on their back. Uh, like, I was absolutely shocked when he subbed Benil Dariush. Um, but he just gets on there and goes after stuff so quickly and, and is able to find it. And I, I think that could be something that he does here against Magni as well. Uh, we've seen that Magni's not immune to having his back taken. Obviously, Demian Maya is probably the the greatest BJJ practitioner we've ever seen in the UFC. Um, but Kiesa, while he's not on that level all around, his back-taking game and his rear naked choke game is top-notch. Uh, and, and I think that's what he's going to show here uh, against Magni. Uh, and the other thing about Kiesa is the guys that beat him aren't guys that just sort of grind away on them. They're guys that are, are pretty dynamic as finishers. Um, like the, the Lausanne one was a cut um, where he was actually starting to turn that fight around. He dropped Jorge uh, in the first round and almost choked him out before Jorge turned that around and finished him. Um, and, and then Kevin Lee and is, you know, uh, <laughs> a much better athlete than him. Uh, and Anthony Pettis is, for, for all his faults and his ability to, to get controlled in fights, uh, one of the best finishers that we've seen in MMA. Neil Magny is not that guy. He's not going to put Kiesa away. And I think that means that there's going to be a lot of opportunities for, to Kiesa, for Kiesa to work his game and get around to that back and, and find something. So I like Mike Kiesa in the main event. I think he, he gets it inside the distance, but uh, the, the price keeps creeping sub, up. Sub um, is plus 350. Yeah, I think inside is plus 275. Um, so I that might be one of those cases where I just do that just in case because uh, Magni has been a bit chinny at times as well. So you, you never know. Um, Good luck with your chalk, Sean. You fucking yeah. Chalk. But I'm, I'm just going to start <laughs> off with uh, Kiesa Moneyline. And Lance also likes Kiesa, even though he did not join Dude, us for the show. Dick. That's that's going to be a Munich. Munich. Uh, and we'll, we'll see how it goes. Should have got it last week. Going to get it this week. And we've actually got a consensus bet this week. Last week. It's a weird, uh, it's a weird card. Canceled. It, yes. It's a, such a weird betting card, really. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those sort of high volume, throw a bunch of shit at the wall and see what low stakes. Yeah, <laughs> high volume, low stakes, just have some fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's a uh, when you got fighters on this card where, man, so, so, some of these some of these fighters do. Yep, <laughs> yeah. yep we'll see. Uh, everybody wants to fight. Everybody. Supposedly. But yep. that is going to do it for our UFC Fight Island 8 breakdown. We're going to be back in a couple days to recap this card. Maybe Sean can, uh, can throw it in my face this time, but, uh, <laughs> but we'll see. Uh, and then, obviously, we, we got the pay-per-view coming up this weekend. 
McGregor and Poirier, Chandler and Hooker. Um, you know, Hooker's bragging about he hasn't been out wrestled in a while. <laughs> when he got out wrestled by Jason Knight in a UFC fight, uh, that that's a fun one. But that that should be a relatively entertaining card, even though it sucks aside from the top two fights. Um, but we'll talk about that on... Are we doing that on Wednesday? Wednesday or Thursday? Wednesday or Thursday. Wednesday. We'll let you know. Keep your eyes on the Twitter machine, folks. Um, but until then, cheers. Enjoy the the festivities on Wednesday morning. And uh, we'll see you in a few days.